Your Money Replay from Money FM 89.3. Money and Me on Your Money, only on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to Money and Me. I'm Michelle Martin. This is the show where we help you master your money. And today I'm sitting across two gentlemen. They are part of a Hong Kong-based family office. They are a powerhouse Raffles family office. Kendrick Lee is managing partner. J.D. Lin, managing partner of Raffles family office. And you can check them out at rafflesgroup.co. They are a multi-family office and independent asset manager. And they have $1.8 plus billion in assets under management. Good morning to both of you. Good morning. Good morning. Good Thank to you have for having us here. Oh, it's such Thank a pleasure. So tell me, help me understand, $1.8 billion in assets under management. You have assets in Hong Kong and Singapore. Have the protests in Hong Kong affected business in any way? Not from what we see because I think we still see people seeing Hong Kong as a, the current situation as an opportunity to invest as mm, well. Okay. Yeah. Help us understand what a family office does. We manage the wealth of families, like the name says. So we are the investment manager for multi-families. Okay, great. And you are a real powerhouse and recently you partnered a fintech Canopy, right? How is that helping your business and your clients? Yeah, so Canopy does the consolidation of accounts in various private banks. So clients, our clients just have to log into one portal to assess the portfolios of in various private banks. Mm. So it's a centralized system that allows them for the ease of management to have an overview of the portfolio managements in various private banks. Okay, so now that we understand your business a little better, let's get to the heart of today's show, which is where are wealthy Asian families parking their money? What are they known to invest in the areas? I think it depends on uh, which generation we are talking about mm. because the first generation are still very, you know, the traditional assets, which is your fixed income, your real estate, mm-hmm. you know, and they very traditional stuff. But of course, when you talk about the second, third um, generation, they are more exposed to today's um, whatever that is in the market today. For instance, they are more exposed to um, PE. They are more open to, you know, uh, VCs, sort of investments, startups. Yep. So they see opportunities in such um, areas. But so our job here is basically to bridge the difference in mindset. So the first generation will say, no, look, VCs, you know, it can still be a risky. little bit more risky, high yeah. risk to them. But the second generation, no, you know, because that's probably where they made their money or they did had a good investment experience. So they say, oh, you know, this is something that is not as risky as you think. Oh. So there's always a difference in mindset. So this is our job to how do you educate, bring them together and bridge them. So, Raffles Family Office, we are the multi-family office. So, we are dealing with first-gen, second-gen, as well as maybe third-gen. So, from what we observe, the first-gen, they tend to go for more traditional asset classes like bonds, equities, real estate, because they have made the money in in this traditional industry. So, for them, their main purpose is asset preservation, uh, wealth preservation and right. legacy planning, how mm. to pass on the wealth to the second generation. Whereas for the second gens, because or even the third gens, they grew up, they, we are growing up in this tech industry, in this new, new age. So that's why they are more open to alternatives such as PE or even VCs or direct investment into startups, mm. angel investings. So tell me, how popular really is the startup space with some of Asia's richest? It's getting more and more popular, I would say, yep. because right now they are you know, realising that you know, such areas, mm-hmm. though it's high risk, 
but the returns are high. The risk-reward ratio is actually there. So, simply put, you put a bit of money and you can make a lot of money if you hit yeah, it right. In a very short period of time. <laughs> and then, of course, there's a WeWork IPO. Takes everybody <clears throat> back a little bit. Correct. Yes, of course. So, so I mean, of course, things can go wrong in mm. a sense mm. but that's always a very small allocation of their portfolio ah, I would okay. say yeah. so it's about looking at the portfolio as a whole mm. and allocating a small percentage of them in this in this space the rest is still you know the capital preservation boring stuff <laughs> 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 I'm speaking with Kendrick Lee you just heard him managing partner Raffles Family Office JD Lin also managing partner uh, very young men sitting before me I have to say we've been talking about startups increasingly popular with uh, the second generation of Asian families. I wonder if you can tell me what kind of startups they're investing in. What type of startups? I think right now we see a lot of investors looking at health tech All right. and also Absolutely. fintech. Because these are health tech, looking at the trend, it affects I mean, our daily lives. Mm-hmm. You know, and they think that this sort of industry is basically very relevant, very pertinent to improve our daily life. So health tech is something that, you know, such, you know, companies like Intuitive Surgical we've seen going to the market. Um, and then, of course, we look at fintech, mm-hmm. which I think will be a major player or rather a disruptor in the whole finance uh, industry. Yes. I would say. So people are betting on these two major sectors going mm-hmm. forward. Yeah. JD? And, yeah, and of course, we also see an increase in uh, impact investing in, oh. in ESG because families, they are right now, okay, they are doing more philanthropy and doing more investment in areas like to got to do with environment, social, governance. Yeah. And is there a generational divide here as well? Is this a younger generation that's interested in impact investing or is that across the board? From what we observe, yeah. probably the older generation. Oh, really interesting. Now, in terms of the recent global economic downturn, is that at all blunting wealthy Asian families' interests in startups in any way? In fact, I think um, not. I think we see more flows into this space. Reason is because with such a downturn, hmm. people seeing valuations cheaper. Right. So they see the opportunity. They see yeah. opportunities because some of these startup investments, they are not very correlated with the overall general macroeconomic situation. So, I mean, of course, the bonds, equities and bonds, if you realize that recently, you know, uh, yields have tightened, mm-hmm. you know, uh, f- interest rates have been cut. So, everybody is actually looking for the sort, they are unable to get the sort of yield that they yearn for. So, they are looking at alternative space to add alpha to basically the overall portfolio. Okay. So when we see such valuations being cheaper, mm. they will allocate a certain or rather larger percentage into this space because they're getting better value. If you have a question for my guest from the Raffles family office, here's a question. In terms of alternative investments, do you see any interest in cryptocurrency or is it still very marginal, not mainstream at all? I think cryptocurrency is something that, you know, people still have to observe a little bit more because the volatility is very, very great. Yes, the early, early stages investors made a lot of money, but we have also seen people, um, getting burned because you know Bitcoin has dropped all the way from 16000 to 7000 or even $5,000 which you know uh, many has been um, hurt by it mm. so it's about a lot of people are still standing on the side and observing how, how is crypto playing out 
Yeah, so yeah. I think, yeah. So. Including noted investors like Mark Cuban from the mm-hmm. US. He was yeah. in the news yesterday. Yeah. And he told CNBC he would rather a banana than a Bitcoin because <laughs> bananas were more useful. Okay, so your views, gentlemen. You're from the Raffles family office. Maybe we can share a little bit about your background in this space so we can get to know you. Kendrick? Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay, I started as a professional athlete, actually. Back then, in those Which days, um, badminton. Oh wow! And then I want. I went to um, private banking for eight years, and then I came out to um, to Raffles. Okay. To start this um, business, this expansion in Southeast Asia. Were you investing as a badminton player? I invested time, <laughs> <laughs> sweat. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean back then, you know, as a as a professional athlete, you know, you just have to you know make sure that I do my best for the nation. That is quite a career switch. What what yes. made made you do that? My sisters, they are all in banking, so I think that's the only thing that I knew. <laughs> so I didn't really have a choice. <laughs> Conversations yeah. around the family table influenced you, uh, huh? Yes. So. Yeah. And what about you, JD? Yeah, for me, I wasn't in banking before, before this. So three, three and a half years ago, so I'm a Singaporean, but I went over to Hong Kong to right. start uh, this together with the founders of Raffles Family Office. And yeah, we, three years. You don't three, have a background in banking? No. Three years no. ago, you go to Hong Kong? Yeah. What, 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 what expertise, what is your background? Uh, so before this, I was uh, more in, the, um, in sales for another e-commerce company. Mm. Yeah, so after that, went over to Hong Kong, got thrown into the deep end of the pool and uh-huh. somehow, yeah. Still swimming. Still swimming now, and right here now. here you are, powerhouse, <laughs> 1.8 plus billion yeah. in assets, Something right? Something you need to know about JD that he speaks uh, fluent German. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, danke schön for that. <laughs> <laughs> and that. And that's all I got. <laughs> okay, yeah. let's come back to yeah. the topic of yeah. investing. Uh, yeah. How much safer is it in your opinion, to invest in startups than in major company stocks on the market? Quick listener question. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I think uh, it, it depends. Okay. I mean, um, major companies are still a lot safer in terms of um, stability of the company, track record. But of course, in a startup space, you know, like I said, uh, mentioned earlier, it's a lot high risk. You know, how many companies actually made it to the above $50 billion mark or above $100 billion mark? Not many, but how many startups are there a day mm. that people are reviewing? is thousands or 10,000 or even 100,000. Mm. So the percentage is actually very small. So what we'll say is, you know, it depends on how you allocate your portfolio. Mm-hmm. You know, we usually like to use the 80-20 or 90-10 rule which 80 in the major, um, in something safe, and 20% in startups or alternative alternative investments. Mm. Because why are we saying that is, because if, for instance, if 10%, you don't pick a right startup that goes to become, go on to become a unicorn, you know, it only takes five years of four years to recoup whatever that you have invested in from the from the 80 90 percent mm. so mm. it's the risk it's always cal- it's about it's always about calculated risk okay. yeah that we are we are looking at sound mm. advice there hedging your risk as well right yes in your opinion what is your opinion on digital savviness of wealthy Asian families mm. 
Yeah, so I think you have to be digitally savvy in order to understand the industry well. The startup world, yeah. Yeah, startup world, mm. you have to, yeah, because when, if you look at any listed company, you can look at the balance sheet, you can understand the PE, look at the charts. But in startups, you have to, there are many unknowns. Oh. Yeah, so you have to, you know, understand the industry, what's the gap in the market, whether, what are they disrupting, and whether are they here to stay in, in a few years' time, mm. and can their business model evolve? to do something else in future because you can't be doing the same thing again okay. perhaps you have to do something else to to complement your current service and all this will uh, lead back to the d- digital savviness of the investor that's a good point I yeah. think adding on to what JDS said I think it's about uh, knowing the relevance or, uh, or is this industry pertinent in 5, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years down the road. Like for instance, fintech will be here to stay because everything is going digital. You know for sure that this platform Mm. or rather this industry is going to be here uh, for good. And health tech, you know, it will only improve, um, improve the lives of people in terms of medical, in terms of... So, you know, certain industries are here to stay and you can see them still being relevant five, ten years, five, ten years, 15 years down the road. What should investors look out for as markers for whether or not this startup is going to be sustainable and around? We know the trend might be around. Fintech yes. is going to be around for the next 20 years yes. and more. But what, you know, finding that company and that's going to last... I think it's about the management. Have, um, understanding who is behind the company mm-hmm. you know whether the management has the skin in the game you know are they putting um, money where their mouth is you know so when you when you they, you know that they are taking sticks in their company and they are really understand industry and they have strong balance sheet or strong backers for instance then you know that these companies are here to stay so you have to understand the fundamentals of the company first before before you actually consider putting uh, an investment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think who's backing the company is very important. Yeah. Yes. Well, getting yeah. Your, your hands on that information sometimes can be difficult because, mm-hmm. you know, there are many layers. Exactly. Data, they say, is the new oil. You've looked at health tech, fintech. Do you think data service centers, data centers, that kind of thing is of interest? Data is going to be a data. commodity. It's, 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 mm. it's already a commodity, a very a rare commodity. So, I mean, if you look at um, Uber... You know they are burning, they are burning um, cash, but yet they are so valuable because of the data they have accumulated. Facebook, you know, you look at Google. Mm. These, these companies will definitely be here to stay for a long, long, long time. Mm. And even you know on the industrial side, where the data is housed, yes. um, yeah. you know, in climates that are cooler, so that you know you can keep the service cool without having to spend so much on electricity overheads. Yes. Um, is is that an interesting area to look at? Investment-wise? Definitely. I mean, of course, I think um, data is important, but what comes along with it, like you mentioned, warehousing. Mm. Like Singapore, there's this capital DC REIT, which mm. is very attractive um, back then. You know, and of course, your cybersecurity space. Mm. It complements each other. So a lot of people are, are neglecting cybersecurity because it's not as sexy. <laughs> yeah, people are looking more at big data. Yes. But cybersecurity is actually a 
very, very key space, you know, and really an opportunity because without cybersecurity, data is at risk. Is yes, at risk yes. We like to say data is the new oil. Kendrick Lee, managing partner, JD Lin, MD, managing partner as well of the Raffles family office. They specialize in asset management, wealth management, and legacy planning. In your opinion, how do you suggest we convince more in Singapore to start even looking at investing, number one? or the startup space. Do you think it's important that they pick up on this trend? Yeah, definitely. I think over here, the key word here is education. Of course, it's important for them to pick up investing in startups. Of course, we won't advise, at least for the families that we are working with at the moment, they don't allocate a huge percentage of their investments into startups or alternatives. Mm. So they still put maybe a significant percentage into more conservative. I'm sure they stick to your 80-20 rule, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because for them it's uh, the wealth preservation. Uh-huh. Yeah, otherwise, if you don't preserve wealth, it's wealth destruction. So I want to pick your brains a little on you know when's sure. the right time to get investing in a startup in its life cycle. Depends on how big a risk taker you yeah. are. But what's your risk tolerance? Okay. But I would say it's about allocation as well in within yeah. the startup space because there's always early round, mm-hmm. Series A, B, C. So it's about. Of course, the, of course, early rounds is definitely where you get the highest returns. But mm-hmm. it's also the highest risk because not many startups can actually play out even one year of after establishment. So it's about allocating within how many percentage in early rounds, how many mm. percentage in series A, B and C. Mm. We do help you know, our clients also understand different companies. How much room is there for bond price gains? in startup investments? Personally, I think not much because if I'm the investor, I'd rather get myself into equities because uh, the upside is huge. Whereas the bond price, you're tied to the company's potential mm. eventually to get listed. Otherwise, if I have a uh, stake and equity in the company, the upside is huge. Kendrick, you want to jump in? Like I said, I mean, adding to what JD has said, I think I'd rather look for equity stakes. Mm-hmm. within the startup space. Mm. Yeah, I think that is where your upside potential is huge. It makes sense for a risk-reward ratio. Okay. Yeah. So this show is targeted at retail investors, gentlemen. Before we let you go, final words of advice to the new investor out there. I would say that, okay, for all the startups, it's considered, okay, will not be too safe. So unless the risk tolerance is very high, do not allocate too high a percentage into these startups' investments Mm -hmm. and study the company well, understand who's in the management, whether the management team has, like Kendrick has said, whether do they put their own money into it. Yeah, so, and uh, whether um, the disruption is here to stay, whether will it stay pertinent in 5, 10 or 20 years' time, and whether the business model has a chance to evolve into something else. Yeah, and then to do something completely different mm, or something mm-hmm. that's, that can complement their existing service. Okay. And most importantly, understand who's their backer, whether is it big companies, government, mm-hmm. etc. Yeah, mm. so this is... We feel this Kendrick, is important. from badminton to banking, yes, <laughs> you definitely have some words of advice for us. <laughs> I, think, I think it's about staying disciplined yeah, in, in your investments. You know, don't be swayed by you know, what people say, not hearsay. Trust the professionals, speak to them, you know, understand the company well first before putting your money. It's okay to be later in the game, but you know that you can have a good night's sleep because the management is sound, mm-hmm. the company is sound. Mm-hmm. Yes, don't be in a rush, I would say. Mm, yeah, and yeah. just be, I mean, be disciplined. Okay, don't listen to just anybody, but listen to Money FM 89.3. Yes, of course. Because we make sure that we bring the experts on.
Yes. Just for you. Anyway, guys, 1.8 plus billion in assets. Yeah. Terrific talking to you. Congratulations. And, you know, we hope to welcome you back again. They're both managing partners for Raffles Family Office, Kendrick Lee and J.D. Lin. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you so Thank much. You. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.